Hello and welcome to another of Political Yeti's Politics Podcasts. I'm James Miller, journalist, broadcaster, author of The Gender Agenda, and this week I'm delighted to be welcomed back to old favourites I've written down, old favourites of the podcast here. (laughs) Uh, It's SMP MP for, here we go, INBS, sounds like a, sounds like a, a syndrome, but it's Inverness, Nairn, Badenoch and Strathspey. Very good. Bang. They're getting there, finally. It's Drew Hendry. I should say his name. Never mind his constituency. And uh, Westminster correspondent for the Yorkshire Post, it's Kate Langston. Hello. Hello. Uh, Let's start with uh, PMQs, which has a jingle which sounds like this. Right. Well, PMQ started with everybody talking about sex pestery. So let's let's do it first, because everyone talk, had to say, we're all going to work together to deal with this issue. Um, how big an issue is it? Um, I mean, I haven't had anyone coming to me sharing stories, just to kind of clarify outright. Yeah. Um, so in, to an extent, most a lot of the knowledge that I have about it is what is being reported and kind of whispered about in the lobby, which is often what other people are reading about as well um and i mean if, if that's anything to go by it like in probably various other sectors as well various other industries it's more widespread than i think a lot of us would necessarily yeah. recognize on a day-to-day basis um i mean how serious are, are the mps taking it well i think you'd always want to think that people would treat other people with the respect they're due on all occasions, but mm. clearly, one if you take a positive from this thing coming out, it has focused the mind on the fact that people have got to take responsibility and deal with the issue. And uh, I hope that what will happen uh, next is that there'll be a serious look at the fact that there are 650 employers. When you look at the constituency yeah. staff, there's obviously the House of Commons. A lot of people coming go coming and going here. And everybody has a responsibility to make sure that they're stepping up to the mark in terms of making sure that the things that they're doing are acceptable and fair. And and I would agree with the Prime Minister today in terms of saying it's not just about sexual misconduct here. It's about yeah. bullying and other issues as well. You want a fair workplace where people are come in, they do a hard day's work, they go home and they feel they've been respected. And I think that's what we would be looking for to come out of this, regardless of what party you represent. I suppose the difference here is not so much the scale of it, but... It's a weird place. Mm. Yeah. And I don't mean that necessarily. Lots of people go, ah, you know, it's like Hogwarts and all that. It's a boys' club and all that, right? It is perhaps weird in that respect. But it's weird just, you know, not as a pejorative term. It's just weird mm. because, I mean, I was talking to somebody yesterday saying, well, in a professional workplace, you don't want this stuff to happen. In a professional workplace, there's not a pub in the basement, is there? You know, mm. where everybody then goes afterwards. Um, but these, it, these things can't be used as excuses for bad no. behaviour. And it's, uh, you know, as I'm an ambassador for Inverness Women's Aid, and uh, one of the things that I think irks people is when uh, they blame alcohol for the behaviour of, uh, the misbehaviour of people who've been abusing their partners. You know, that is not an excuse. So having a pub on the, on mm. the premises is not an excuse for the way people are behaving. And it should never be made. Nothing like that should be put in the, uh, put forward as a as a reason or as any mitigating factor for this happening. Um, that's that's true. However, and it's complex. I mean, I, part of it is right. It's complex. I think that's that's my main problem with it all. Is that it's a really complex issue, and I don't think the media is set up to discuss complex issues. And mm-hmm. so we're getting a bit of a problem here. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, this problem will be as bad as it is now in three months' time. But the media will have moved on. 
I would guarantee that. Yeah, I just don't see that. You know, that's the way the media works, right? Yeah, and and you have seen it in the conflation <laughs> of those really serious allegations that we're seeing um, from people like Bex, Bex Bailey with mm. this this list that's making circulations, which yeah. has you know some serious claims on there, and then some much less serious kind of just private affairs basically going on in there as well and that's just what happens often too often when mm. the media does start reporting on things like this and why yeah as yeah, um, there's, yeah. there's gossip and tittle-tattle and then there's serious issues but sometimes mm. the gossip and the tittle-tattle contain serious issues and you've got to try and pick out what <laughs> which one's which and that that is incredibly difficult but in terms of i absolutely accept you cannot Anybody who does bad stuff should not be excused. We're all yeah. in control of our own behaviours. But at the same time, there is this wider issue. Now, mm-hmm. I'm talking you know, as somebody who's written a book called The Gender Agenda. Um, you know, you take this right back to first, uh, you know, basics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We raise children to say, we raise boys to look down on girls. We raise girls yeah. to be, uh, to speak up less. Mm-hmm. You know, in classrooms, it's always boys, but then it ends up boys and dominate the public we sphere. We don't and present the opportunities to girls and young women at a young enough age to say that there, here are the paths that you can take to, yeah. to, uh, to better careers, to more power within the society. You know, that, that's a problem that we have all the way through yeah. our own society at the moment. And yeah. it's finding that balance mm-hmm. between saying, look, this is all part of a bigger mm-hmm. thing. And also, like you say, saying, yeah, but you're still responsible for your own behaviour. It's a, it's a very tricky line mm-hmm. to find, which is why I've yet to write anything about it. But <laughs> <laughs> it really hard. That is why I'm a rubbish pundit, because there's other pundits, you know, screeds of stuff going, ah, well, you know, women are well, rubbish, screeds, men are rubbish, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's like, well, it's complicated. There's screeds of stuff out there, but a lot of people have just reacted to it rather yeah. than actually looking at uh, the issue in depth and yeah. thinking about the cause and effect. And, and you know, I'm a bit more hopeful than you are that I think the focus is this, this has put on the matter will, I very much hope, and I, I, I believe it will, change some behaviours in terms of making yeah. people a bit more yeah. considerate and a bit more thoughtful about what they do and how they conduct themselves. Yeah, I mean, because I was overhearing... Uh, kind of a colleague in the lobby saying about how somewhat depressingly this is I think they said the sixth the, the fifth or sixth mm. kind of sexminster mm. scandal that yeah. they've reported yeah. on yeah. their career which in a sense doesn't yeah. breed much hope for mm. it improving but over time yeah. I suppose things have, have kind of increments yeah every time something like this happens but I mean just get, I guess going back to what we were saying to begin with you know does it does it how serious is it in in parliament and how different is it from in other industries? Again, while it didn't excuse it, I suppose it is a very unique yeah. Um, yeah. environment for it yeah. to be happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think you, you have don't other late night industries, but this is this is kind of its own little world. Yeah, contained I think you don't excuse side, it on that basis. Very intense. But yeah. you need to understand those things in terms of trying to fix it. The solution in Westminster is going to be unique because yeah. the place is unique. So mm. you can't sort of. I think the other, it to the other industries. the other positive of this coming out is that it will give some people more confidence to actually report issues, and that's that is always the key to uh, making sure these things are eventually dealt with. You know, and I understand yeah. your your um, your thoughts about the fact that might people might move on from it, but uh, but I would hope very seriously that you know people got an issue they're going to feel a bit more comfortable because other people have now taken the step to report it that they'll do it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, hope so. So, uh, at PMQs then, let's deal with uh, Jeremy Corbyn. Gave us all a bit of a surprise, didn't he? Mm, he went so. with <laughs> the number of private jets in the Isle of Man. I don't think anybody was expecting that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Finger on the pulse. Yes. Uh, yeah, but, you know, we <laughs> were discussing it, it, on the way, but it's a good stuff, issue yeah. for Corbynistas, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, he didn't... He didn't 
get himself in any trouble and Corbynistas are going to watch that and go Bruin, he's our man he doesn't like the super rich yeah I, I think though that the opposite view would be that the Tories on their benches would have been quite happy with the number of replies and hits that uh, that Theresa May was able to throw back at the Labour yeah. Party for the previous performance. So, I mean, I think it was a nil-nil draw, uh, really, that whole exchange. Yeah, it was one of those weeks where you mm. don't come out thinking there was a particular winner because it all no. just goes back to, yes, well, you did this, yes, yeah. well, you did this, mm-hmm. yes, well, you did this. No minds no were changed. Yeah. Um, Ian Blackford, he had a good week. Universal credit. Yeah. Uh, this is a big issue for, Drew, for you, Drew, yeah. because it was rolled out in your constituency. Well, we were the oh, pilot We were the pilot area back in 2013, and I was council leader of Highland Council at the time. Uh, in a was, word, yeah, how successful has it been? Disaster. Um, it, it's just been a, a menu for misery from start to finish. We, we started reporting issues to the UK government. Uh, in 2013, right at the start of the rollout, direct payments were already starting to lead to people going into rent arrears uh, really quickly. And then it started, all the other things started to come out of the system. So all through the past four years, we've done everything, written questions, debates, uh, oral questions. Uh, you know, we've had meetings with the ministers and various different ministers, both the coalition and uh, the the current government and of course the previous government which is the same one um, but we've had meetings with them all and said look there's some really straightforward things you could sort out here for example allow the job centre plus staff to speak to the DWP staff mm. to sort out a problem all of that has fallen on deaf ears and Why? it feels like I, I, I can only assume having spent so much time invested so much energy not just me but the agencies like their own their own support partners like the you know like highland council welfare team um you know the uh, the, the some of their own people um you know and, and agencies uh, charities spent so much time actually telling them about the problems they could fix very easily i can only assume it's ideological right. um at this point that they're not reacting to it but i think they'll have to um, because we've had an absolute unmitigated disaster with it as it rolls out into other constituencies. And I think particularly you'll see um, more noise when it starts hitting more conservative constituencies. Um, they're just going to see and feel and hear uh, the difficulties that people are going to be faced with through this uh, this disastrous rollout. I mean, what's the problem? Because I think everyone agrees that in mm. principle mm. it's a good yeah. idea. Um, you know, uh, those of us who are you know, have left school are old enough to know that sometimes things in principle yeah. and things in practice don't necessarily yeah. match up. Um, so what's gone wrong? You say it went wrong from the beginning yeah, for some well, people. Well, the, Is it just ineptitude in, in the rollout? Was it done too quickly? Is IDS just a massive fanny? Um, well, I wouldn't use those words, but all of those things are applicable. <laughs> um, the, the, I think the, 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 the real, the, the clear thing that's happened throughout the, the universal credit uh, pilot through to rollout um, has been that it's been completely dysfunctional. Now, if you were cynical, um, and I'm not entirely cynical here, if you were cynical, you might think it was like that by design because the more people that are blocked from being able to claim, the more money you save. Um, I, I don't think it's like that. I think it is just a midden, it's, it's just a mess um, that they've created and they're unable to back down. But or to why admit, is it such a mess? I mean, is it just. Yeah. You know, they, they had a plan, and mm-hmm. it's, uh, everybody agrees it's a sort of good yeah, plan, yeah. broadly. Simplify things, yes. So why has it gone yeah. so wrong? Is it just, uh, you know, the government can't lead yeah. these projects? Is it that the UK can't do these projects? Because there's a lot of talk of that yeah, at the yeah. start, going, oh, my God, it's a big government IT project. Yeah. They always go wrong. Yeah. Um, you, you know, what's 
I, I, you know, I'm not suggesting you necessarily have the answer to this. Well, but, but sim- but simplifying <laughs> things are, you know, it's a great idea. And everybody yeah. right across parties agreed that simplifying the social mm. security system is, in theory, a good idea. And actually, yeah. the uh, everybody was uh, uh, at least lukewarmly welcome to the idea of a single payment. Uh, you know, process going through. But if you're going to simplify something, it has to be simple for everybody who uses it. Yeah. And actually what's uh, happened is it's become incredibly complex for the people that are trying to claim. And you heard Ian Blackford's question today about the fact that not only is it complex, not only it stop people getting their money, not just for six weeks, by the way. We've had people who've been four or five months uh, without payments. I had one constituent the other day who'd actually gone from January through until uh, last month, October, uh, without getting a correct payment uh, for it. You know, th- these delays are built into the system, but it's also been quite punishing in terms of the effects it's had on single parents, as, mm. as Ian raised in uh, PMQs. Uh, also raised by Bridget Phillipson. Yeah, exactly. Interesting, so, yeah. uh, I would suggest, uh, <laughs> like I say, Ian Blackford had a good week, but in a way, actually having two questions was a, a handicap to him, because I thought Bridget Phillipson's question was better because mm. it was shorter and simpler mm. and on point. Um, well, she just said there's four million people in poverty, uh, you know, universal credit, blah blah blah. It's mm. going to be make things worse, essentially, yeah. <laughs> isn't it? And Theresa May is making things worse. Theresa May's already. response was, mm. "Here is the reasoning behind mm. universal credit," which, again, I think nobody broadly disagrees with the reasoning behind well, it. Well, the she, practice. She said her reply was that it's helping people to get into work. But actually, the example that Ian was using about single parents, yeah. we've got more single parents who are saying they cannot afford to actually work now mm. because of the universal credit issues because of the sheer reduction in the mm. payment, they're actually better off not working um, through this. So it doesn't, it, it is not working on any level um, that they put forward. And, uh, and it's chaotic. Um, you know, there is, it's a completely dysfunctional system. Don't take my word for it. Anybody who's been involved in this, mm. charities, organisations, the Citizens Advice Bureau are just under incredible stress, whatever it's been rolled out. Uh, um, bring your political analyst's eye to this, Kate. Mm. Uh, given that Theresa May keeps getting up when she's asked about it and just setting out the reasons for it, um, she's going to have to sort of U-turn a bit, isn't she, on this? This just feels like, I think uh, Ian Blackford said it's Theresa May's poll tax. I, yeah. don't, I don't think it's quite quite that level, but I can see what he's getting at. She's going to have to that. do something about mm. it, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, we've had two um, kind of variations on the kind of U-turn we might expect, whether it's going to be the full... Um, two weeks, uh, well, reduction to to four weeks, is it? Yeah, yeah. And or it's just going to be the seven days, which is what I think the Telegraph were reporting yeah. um, previously. Um, so I suppose the Conservative F- estimate is probably the one that we're more likely to see the seven days. Yeah. But it seems, yeah, coming up, what, how many, two, two and a bit weeks to the budget now? Yes. Uh, it seems almost inevitable. It'll be a long, slow, torturous U-turn, um, <laughs> which is conceded step by step, um, mm. in my view. I think that's the... It will have to be U-turned, though, because... Uh, it, do, you, do you think we're not going to hear anything by budget time? Uh, I, I, I think there'll be... So there might be something in there, but uh, but I don't... My, my uh, guess is that it's not hit enough Tory constituencies yet in the way okay. that it needs to for them yeah. to really take fright at the moment. But but it's coming. You know, if they stick to their if they stick to their plan um, over the next year or so, you will see definitely see a revolt over universal credit. Yeah, just had the handful that uh, have spoken out yeah. kind of seem to have been placated yeah. for yeah. now with yeah. the concession mm. of the, um, the, yeah. the line. But um, And with it, Theresa May's authority drip, drip, drips away, mm-hmm. I suggest. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there was lots of other good stuff in Prime Minister's questions. Let's try and pick out 
one each, because otherwise we'll be here all day. I think there was lots of good stuff. Uh, Kate, anything catch your eye? Um, I mean, the, the, the HS2 question is obviously a very relevant one for our yeah. patch. I mean, we've, uh, with the confirmation of the, the, the latest line route for the phase two section, um, it's going to hit kind of a newish housing estate uh, on Ed Miliband's. What, they're going to knock it down? Uh, essentially, I think... Having to build it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what this country uh, needs, is less houses. <laughs> um, and so the, the, there's kind of a whole issue of, you know, the south are getting tunnels mm. while we're getting mass... Uh, I thought it was a good question. Houses. Vintage, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I think absolutely it's interesting because like you say, in your patch, presumably, it's quite... It is an issue. Whereas in the south, or in Westminster, it's been kind of... It's like, well, we've done HSD, we've put it through the Houses of Parliament, now it's being mm. done. And yet mm. there's still this low-level... Uh, rumble it, is, it probably gets louder the further north you go right the yeah. This, yeah. yeah absolutely this this could yeah. still very much blow up for the government right i mean the legislation is only going through now for or starting to go through now for the phase the route the phase 2a section of the route are the 2b so i mean phase 2a really... what's phase 2a manchester and phase 2b leeds then is it yeah oh, uh, and that's good, what, good hs2 years knowledge for, um, <laughs> yes to get to birmingham uh, to, just to get that the first section done i mean obviously that's the kind of all the groundwork that's gone into it but yeah uh yeah there's still a long struggle to go before yeah. we get any kind of closer to why would anybody want to go to Birmingham anyway? Never mind. I can see why you might want to get out of Birmingham quickly. Heat. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's quite nice. Manchester's all right. I don't know why anybody wants to go to Birmingham. I suppose people are leaving Birmingham in a hurry. Um, what stood out for you, well, I think uh, Drew? For, you had a couple of SNP yeah, MPs I, that I think are worth mentioning. You choose one, I and I'll think probably do for the other. Sheer gallusness about looking after your constituency and making sure that you uh, rammed home the benefits of, uh, of your own patch. Chris Laws, uh, Dundee, um, short what? speech. I, I can't believe there wasn't a point of order about this because he got up and he claimed that Dundee is the coolest city in Scotland. Well, I, I agree with you because obviously Inverness is both physically and metaphorically. True. No, it's actually not, no, no, actually, there's a, there's a really interesting thing, and I challenge you to do this. Whenever you're looking at the weather forecast, look for the uh, the Inner Murray Firth round Inverness in there, and in my constituency, and oh. you'll see the whole that exists there um, in the weather pattern which allows us to get some fine weather so if uh, people come up there to visit I've got a microclimate. Number of people that have gone about microclimate. Number of microclimates there are in this country. Every town and city claims to have a microclimate. The statistics are there to back it up. Yeah, Yeah, all right. Uh, Dundee's not cool, though, is it? I don't think it's getting there. It's a horrific place. Let's be honest. When was the last time you were Well, that's true. I haven't been to Dundee for a long time. I think you need to go back and uh, reconnect with your roots in Scotland. Is the V&A finished yet? Uh, I think it's well underway. Yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah. That's taken a long time as well, yeah. isn't it? Well, everything you know, everything that's worth doing takes a, a bit of time to get together. And I think it was a, it was an ambitious project from the start. And the fact that they managed to get all of the uh, all of that done, um, having set out the vision, I think I think Dundee's done extraordinarily well out of. Uh, uh, out the past few years, and same way, I think Inverness has managed to push itself forward very. Inverness has got a city deal, is that right? We got a city but deal. Dundee we were. Has not we were uh, that was the point of the question. To be yeah, fair, he we, was saying, "When are we going to get a city deal?" And Theresa May said, "I didn't hear you. Dundee's yeah. quite good, or something." We, <laughs> we, as soon as as soon as we could, we were hot off the blocks in, in Inverness in terms of getting our city deal. And actually, a lot of the uh, 
uh, the things are underway now that, that have been part of the project. So open up uh, new roads. The castle is going to be open to the public, which because it's been a court till now. So you could the only way you could get in it before was to get arrested. But uh, but now it's. Uh, have you been in it? Oh yeah, yeah, I've been it. But uh, well, then were you, what were no, you arrested there, for? No, I was there actually. No, he nearly fell for my I, trick. Then. I was inside. Believe it or not, the only time I'd wear any ermine as um, a member of the um, the the Inverness City Committee. We had to go and do a ceremonial opening of that the high court, and I had to sit there. In ermine? Uh, sit there in a bit of ermine. Is yes. there a picture of this? No, no, fortunately, there's not. Oh, because otherwise <laughs> that should be used at every opportunity. Like loads, every time we talk about loads, they're going to wear ermine. They don't wear ermine really all the time. No. Um, your colleague, uh, Gavin Newlands, also had a PMQ. He did indeed. Paisley, yeah. of course, is up for yes. City of Culture mm-hmm. and is Dundee. Which one are you yeah. backing? Um, I'm, uh, I've got to say, because of the fact that uh, I think that. Um, that Gavin's done so much work on this um, mm. that I'm edging towards Paisley. But having said that, um, I've, my affection for Dundee remains uh, very, very high. And I think both Stuart and Chris have done a great job in terms of promoting it. So that's well, a proper close... politician's no, answer. No, no, that, I, think I, I think I gave you an answer there, but it was a slight preference. Yeah, you're hedging your bets in case no, Dundee wins. But it was a slight preference. It was a slight preference for, for Paisley because I, I used to work in Paisley. So, uh, so that's my connection. I've never worked in Dundee. Um, and uh, lived in Renfrew for a while, so it's uh... well, it doesn't really matter because uh, Coventry's going to win. Um, there you go, tell you heard that here first. Uh, I assume Yorkshire's not in City of Culture this time round because Hull is in Yorkshire and it's currently City of Culture, so you can't get it twice, can you? I think Leeds uh, is kind of well, they're wasting their money, aren't they? It's not going to go to Leeds, you're going to go to Yorkshire <laughs> twice in a row, or waste of time. Uh, well, you never know. <laughs> well, I do, it's going to Coventry because they all voted Tory at the last election. Um, <laughs> what I've heard um, yeah okay I'll go for your other your, your colleague David Linden he had a good yes. PMQ I thought first Fantastic, PMQ yeah. under tw- if you want a country that works for everyone how come there's different rules for under 25s when it comes to uh, that, benefits and stuff a, it was a cracking question and, and actually got no answer uh, from the, as you would expect from the Prime Minister because there is no good answer to that um, under 25s have been marginalised um it's not even marginalised, it's bigger than that. They've, they've been squeezed out of the uh, the calculation for fair pay. And when you look at... We started off talking about the issue of fairness for people and the way they're treated. When you look at young people and the way they're treated in, in the UK by uh, by these kinds of policies, I think it's, um, it's frankly uh, just a rotten uh, way to, to deal with them. I do think it's a parliamentary issue. There's not enough yeah. under-25s in Parliament to yeah. raise the issue, yeah. because under-25s, of course, only spend their money on sweeties, mm. so they don't need a proper uh, wage. Yeah. Well, that seems to be the, yeah. you know, that seems to be the opinion. It's like, well, they're young. Under-25, mm. I'm not mm. that young. Half of the people in here bought their house at 21 and yeah. had three children, because that's how it was back yeah. in the day. For um, people to be being paid £2 odds an hour, though, is just criminal. It's just uh, um, not right. Well, I tell you what, it's better than getting paid nothing. Mm. Which, Stuart which Stuart Malcolm McDonald is co- doing with his, his bill. Is that exactly this week? So. Is that, yeah, is that yeah this he's, week? I think, I'm not sure if it's this week, but yeah, okay. it's uh, coming but up he's, on a Friday. He's, he, got a... he's coming up soon. I think it's a couple of weeks um, after recess, the short recess, two days or something like that. But after that recess, I think it comes up after then. And uh, yeah, I think it's been a great piece of work, and it's one of these things that just sat there in the background. People taking companies taking advantage of folk and not being caught out, and he's targeted the issue, found the issue, targeted it and done a fantastic job in terms of bringing it to the fore. Um, just a couple of things on that. You mentioned in the recess next mm-hmm. week. Right. Yeah. First of all, that means the youth parliament is sitting, mm-hmm. which is always exciting, Good. and they can raise the issue of young people's issues 
Uh, do you cover use pollen, Kate? Um, sadly, that's not something that the... You should, because to, readers I, I, flipping I, love it. I used to cover <laughs> it. Readers love it, because you write a thing about how young people are all right, really. Because <laughs> only, only old people read newspapers. Yeah. They go, oh, actually, I want to believe that young people are not going to, you know, yeah. mug me, basically. Yeah. And actually, they're, they're, they're fantastic, uh, because... Now, a lot of the issues they raise and a lot of the questions that they raise are the ones that you, you think, why, why aren't your elder peers raising those very questions? Yeah. You know, there, there's some really, really great discourse yeah. that goes on. Yeah, when you get yeah. particularly from, and I get from the press yeah. releases through from, yeah. and, and just seeing the content yeah. of it, you just think, if only I, I could write about this. I'm a huge thing. supporter of Votes at 16, having engaged with, uh, with young people in my constituency. I just think we've got... You know, and and I know it's the same everywhere, but you know we've just got some fantastic young minds that we're not making enough of. And when you look at, uh, you said there's hardly anybody here under twenty five. You know, there's a reason for that. It's because they're not being given the opportunity to step up. Um, also, if you've got to write a sketch, it's really good because you can just laugh at their funny haircuts. <laughs> weird clothes. Although you're quite young, anyway. You're probably nearer their age than mine, really, aren't you? You under, under twenty five? No. No. You say that At least they've got here. Yes, I know. I know. Right? It's a bit mean. <laughs> the trouble is, I always start off going, "Ah, look, they look really funny," and then you go, "But they're saying really clever things." Yeah. So yeah. we'll have to um, dig out some school photos of you then. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't <laughs> not, not even close to some of these characters. Um, also worth pointing out, there's a recess next week. There's only a massive Brexit bill to deal mm, with, and yeah. MPs are starting yeah. off for two days for no reason well, we've at hardly, all. We've hardly been yeah. in Westminster. I know this it's year, ridiculous. It? it is ridiculous. We've just had conference recess. I've enjoyed being at home in my own bed. But, um, but it, you know, during the times we've been there, but it's it's been hard work back in the constituency, obviously. But the fact that we've had no parliament, virtually no parliamentary time, is a big, big deficit that nobody's been talking about. I mean, talking of young people, it does feel like, yeah. you know, when you've got um, stuff to do for exams mm. and you make a really nicely colour colourful, uh, yeah. you know, diary <laughs> timetable thing yeah. of what I'm going to be revising when rather than doing the actual work. Yeah, exactly. You know, Brexit needs to be done and we're faffing around going, yeah, we'll do a bit of this, a bit of that. It's like you're procrastinating. There's this massive thing to do, uh, which Christine Hare brought up at PMQs, mm-hmm. uh, talking about the oncoming raspberry crisis when there's not enough workers to harvest the raspberries. But, well, um, I'll, give, I'll give us so some... So she should have probably voted in yeah. Brexit. The Brexit yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give us some credit for raising that issue, but, uh, but uh, you know, like I say, our position in terms of not voting on Brexit is reprehensible. However, let's look at the positives. She raised that issue. It is a big issue in terms of migration, um, in terms of essential workers, and particularly in the agricultural sector, mm-hmm. where... You know, we do have a, a real and imminent danger of the the industry more or less shutting down, certainly downgrading significantly, and that's a, a really big problem in the food and drink industry in Scotland. Um, and uh, and I think th- something has to be done. But uh, UK government seem incapable of looking at any kind of sense of our immigration just now, and. Uh, just well, more intent on kicking people out than... Uh, when the raspberries run out, then they'll have to wake up to it, won't they? The raspberry crisis, well, that's going to be big news. Yeah, so aren't we just supposed to grow more ourselves? Yeah, we'll just grow some more. But yeah. you just can't pick it. There's yeah. plenty of place in your, space in your constituency. It's a big, well, but the big thing is, empty constituency. That's just, why can't we, you just grow some raspberries, well, you lazy so-and-so, well, we're, eh? we're growing a lot, but if you're not allowed people in to pick it, then, uh, then you can't oh, do anything with it. Oh, it's going to be, oh, yeah. be... Yeah, I'm trying to get a builder at the moment. 
all the names my friends are giving me They're all green. are Polish, you know, at the end of the day. I, mean, I, know yeah. it's, I know it's a total cliche, but you're like, yeah. what's going to happen yeah, when all these people get chucked out? As, well, it's, it's already or, or leave because they just yeah. go, this yeah. place is horrible, which is more likely, yeah. I think. They'll just go, screw this, we're off. But a lot of them have already turned tail and gone because, uh, you know, they, they just don't like the atmosphere or being thought of as being unwelcome. Yeah, not that so. metropolitan elite or anything, but I'm more worried about my Polish builder than anything else. Yeah. Um, right, listen, let's finish up with uh, I Love Your Questions, the never-ending chain of questions ah. which has a uh, jingle which sounds like this I love your questions I love your questions I love your questions Drew right let's just clear this up we had a bit of an issue last week a bit of confusion who are your football team Hearts. right well, Kirsty was right, and I was confused. But presumably, you have to pretend to like Inverness a no, bit. I, 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 but, but no, you, you just no, go, I hate Inverness. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I love Inverness, Kelly Thistle. And uh, in fact, I was invited by the team to go on their open-top bus when they won the, the Scottish Chats Cup. Up, did you? But, they know, but everybody in the constituency knows I'm a Hearts fan. Did you go on the open-top uh, bus? I did, indeed, yeah. You? Yeah, that's yeah. outrageous. No, no, it was you wear your Hearts top? Uh, no, but they, everybody just knew... Pretend, to, uh, I hope I'd, you I'd look been, sheepish. I've been, I've been invited to take part in a lot them the fact is that they are the local team and uh, they've done a fantastic job in terms of raising as of ross county by the way fantastic job of raising the profile of, of sport and football in particular in the highlands and uh, you know i've always been behind them except when they've been playing hearts well that wasn't the question the question was as a hearts fan <laughs> yeah. how are you enjoying the football at the moment uh, well it, it's, uh, it comes and goes in patches uh, uh, Kirsty was particularly referring to a match that had taken place the day before we podcast involving yeah. uh, the other Edinburgh team who I believe are called Hibs uh-huh. yeah. who I believe uh, I think this is a technical football term but they'd humped hearts is that correct that well I think, I think there is there is a, a, a a long tradition of the uh, the dominance of hearts over Hibs and there are periods of time when Hibs are able to kind of get a, a couple of games or so, you know, a short run uh, against hearts. We're going through one of those just now. I'm uh, confident that uh, once we actually have a midfield back from injury and suspension that we'll be able to move on and particularly when they come to our, uh, new, our stadium which is a fantastic new stand that's just about to open oh. so we'll have a home game there it'll be a fantastic atmosphere and uh, I think then that'll be the time to judge because at the moment Hearts haven't actually played a game at home this season Who's in charge? Craig Levine? Yes well, that's a problem not having a midfield, given that he prefers not to play with any strikers. <laughs> Famously playing a, what was it, a 6 Yeah, I know. 6 or something. I think if you're going to use that, you would have to acknowledge that even that has a midfield. It might well, not exactly. have any that's strikers. That's the problem if he hasn't got any midfield yeah. to play. They don't have any midfield to play. Uh, What's he playing? Just a nil-nil 10 well, or something at the moment? Literally, literally playing kids from the youth team in the, the oh, middle of the park just now, which is... You know, it's good for their development yeah. and good for the future, but it's actually not great if you're under pressure to get some results, which we're not yet under pressure, but except for when you play Hibs, you always yeah, want to try pressure. and win, obviously. But fair play to them. They've put out a good team, and I fully expect they'll do very well up until the new year when it all collapses again. So he said. <laughs> I think that's wishful thinking rather than uh, actual well, uh, analysis. A, a so you, know, pattern, you, might right. you might be right. There's a bit of a historical pattern there as well, but um, we'll see. That, that's for Ian Blackford's benefit. Though. Generally, this question goes to both people. So, how are you enjoying the football at the moment, Kate? Uh, I'm enjoying not watching it. So. Oh. <laughs> well, even England winning the uh, under 17s World Cup. And well weekend. done to them. That was a great result. I was, brilliant. I was yeah. watching final score and it was like, oh, mm. we're 2 0 down to Spain, and then suddenly, whoa, 5 2. Mm. Um, although, obviously, they'll all end up 
you know, not playing football when they get old. I remember when the Under-17 World Cup was in Scotland. But yes, you do, Drew. I do, oh, it was amazing. I played a game at Tynecastle. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, you remember was... all the Saudis with their big beards? That, that's right, yeah. <laughs> did they they, they did look out? a bit older than 17. Didn't they put Scotland out in the semis? It was the final. Right? Was it? Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah, um, anyway, right. Uh, you need to set a question for next week's guest. Or two weeks' time. Sorry, we're fortnightly at the moment because we're doing Brexit breakdown do we know every who it second is? week. It is currently supposed to be Danielle Rowley. Um, well, give me a give me a second, and I'll come back to that. Just okay. to process well, there. Well, okay. Let's just do the um, uh, the gubbins, as I call it, because we are fortnightly at the moment. So next week there'll be a Brexit breakdown podcast, which you can find on my SoundCloud feed, or you can search for Brexit breakdown on iTunes, Acast, or Stitcher. These are the ones I'm doing for uh, UK to changing Europe, and we're talking about Brexit with big deals of Brexit. It will be. Uh, Gisela Stewart next week which is an interesting one you should hear some of the things she said I might have to cut some of them but uh, tune in anyway I'll, I'll make sure to leave in as much as I can um, that's the podcast Gubbins have you got a question yes what, what's the most boring and pointless thing you've been asked to do <laughs> in life or no, in, in as, politics as, as, in politics I think it'd be right <laughs> interesting uh, okay well, I will put that to uh, Daniel Rowley in two weeks time for uh, this one I say we're going fortnightly and now. she's not allowed to say respond to this question. Well, yeah, <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the obvious one. It's come on this within podcast. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll see what she comes up with. Okay, for now, um, I will say thank you to Drew Hendry for joining me again. Thank, thank you. you to Kate for joining us yeah. again. And if you want to get in touch, I am at Political Yeti on Twitter. I am politicalyeti at gmail.com on the email. Or you can visit my website, which is james-miller.com. And you can find all my podcasts there. Uh, tune in next week for a Brexit breakdown and in two weeks for another of Political Yeti's politics podcasts. Thank you.